Chapter Three of Stories of the Ships by Lewis Ransom Freeman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section One: The United States Navy. In writing some months ago on the coming of the American Army to France, I quoted the naive words used by a French staff officer to describe the impression the new arrivals had made upon him after speaking of the keenness of the american officers to learn from those who had had the experience he concluded we like them very much in fact they have been quite a surprise they have not displayed the least tendency to show us how to run the war indeed they are not the least american i do not know that i have heard a british naval officer use precisely the same words in voicing his relief that his american opposite number whom he is now beginning to meet with increasing frequency and intimacy has not fulfilled expectations in insisting on showing the british navy how to win the war but that precise sentiment i heard implied many times though i am happy to record less and less frequently as the favourable impression formed by those who have had opportunity of meeting the first officers from across the atlantic has had time to percolate save on the score of technical training and uniform there is very little to differentiate the american naval officer from his brother in the army who has furnished so agreeable a surprise to his allies in france and there need be no fear whatever may have been expected from those who have not had the opportunity of meeting him before that the former will not keep station at sea in the same quiet unostentatious way that the latter has fallen into step on land so far since american naval activities in the war zone have been largely limited to the operations of their fleet of destroyers off the irish coast the two navies have had far less opportunity to get acquainted than have the british and american armies the liaison established at queenstown however may be taken as a microcosm of the cooperation that will be established on a larger scale should the exigencies of the situation demand it as thoroughly characteristic of the spirit in which the americans are taking up their work in these waters i may quote the words of an officer of one of their destroyers with whom i talked recently green as we came to the job he said in comparison to their three years of hard experience of the british our taking over here was almost like a lot of boy scouts replacing a regiment of seasoned veterans in the trenches we were all for the job however and somehow we began to get results right from the getaway let me tell you though that if we had had to find out all the wrinkles of the game ourselves if they had not given us the benefit of all they had been paying in ships and men for three years to learn it would have been a far slower business for us and a far more costly one as well i take off my hat to the british destroyers and trawlers and to the men who manned them i have not had a chance yet to see anything of the rest of their navy but if the officers and men are of the same stamp as those we have worked with here when our capital ships come over it will be just like joining up with another american fleet these sentiments seem to me thoroughly typical of the spirit with which the american navy is taking up its task in european waters and such also was the opinion of a distinguished british naval officer to whom i quoted them not long ago 
i have known american naval officers a good many years he said principally on the china and west india stations so that personally i had none of the doubts about our ability to cooperate with them that may have been harbored by some of my friends who had been less fortunate than myself on that score the fact that the average untravelled briton has had to judge the american wholly by such specimens as seem to him the most characteristic among those coming to this side of the water that is by the cook's tourist and the money-slinging millionaire neither of whom is in the least representative has been responsible for our getting as a nation a distorted picture of you as a nation it was that which gave the more conservative element in both our army and navy some doubts as to how we might settle down to pull in double harness one of the best things about the american naval officer and one that stands him in good stead at the present time is his open-mindedness he may have come over here firmly believing that some gun some explosive some system of loading or fire control or any of a number of other things he has perfected to the best of his experience is better than anything else of the kind that britain or any other nation has got but that does not blind him in the least to the good points of the latter and no false sentiment pride or conservatism will prevent the incontinent scrapping of his own long-laboured-over invention to make way for what his open mind and sterling common sense tell him is better it is this which makes it comparatively easy for the american to do a thing which is above almost all others difficult for the briton to profit and take advantage of another's experience an american destroyer and the same will be true of any other ships of whatever class that may be sent over takes its place as a unit of one of our fleets or squadrons just as easily and naturally as if a new british ship manned by british sailors had been commissioned and that will go on just as long as it is necessary or advisable to increase your naval strength in european waters indeed the effective smoothness of the system under which the american ships work with ours makes one feel that quite without realizing it we have taken the first step in the formation of what has so long been talked of as a utopian dream an international police force it is hardly the time to talk of such a consummation at this stage of things but if it ever does eventuate you may take it that an anglo-saxon naval force will be its foundation because it has been impossible to tell the public really anything about american naval cooperation with the british the historic significance of that event has been almost overlooked as a matter of fact however it marks the first occasion in which the ships of one allied nation have been practically incorporated so far as the direction of operations are concerned in the navy of another allied fleets have carried out operations together as the french and the british at the dardanelles or the british and the italians in the adriatic but never has the cooperation been so intimate and it may be added so successful as in the present instance that the british and american naval officer would hit it off well personally from the outset no one with any acquaintance with both of them could ever have had any doubt as a matter of fact indeed there is less difference between them than between the average american and englishman and even that is a good deal less than most people imagine 
in the first place they come from very nearly the same classes socially i am speaking now of the regular r n and u s n in their respective countries and there is very little indeed to differentiate the english lad of thirteen or fourteen and the american lad of a year or two older the one beginning his naval training at osborne and the other at annapolis differing in details though they are the training of these two naval schools is far less divergent than that of english and american public schools and universities that is to say the naval schools of the two countries are aiming at precisely the same thing the turning out of an officer who knows his business whereas public schools and universities are working in a number of different directions the system of appointing the american naval cadet ensures that each year's class is selected as nearly as may be from all parts of the country each member of the congress is required to make one appointment to both the naval and the military academies and in addition to these there are ten or more appointments at large made from washington in this way each state is represented in the naval academy according to its population thus new york with say forty members in the house of representatives and two in the senate would have forty-two nominees while nevada with three members in the house and two in the senate would have five a member of congress has his choice of making the appointment open to a competitive examination or giving it direct to any boy fulfilling the requisite requirements even in the latter case however the prospective nominee must pass very stiff examinations calculated to establish his mental moral and physical fitness and it is practically impossible for him to be pushed in simply because he has friends in high places it is i believe becoming more and more the custom to resort to competitive examination so that the boy named by each member is usually the brightest of a score or more striving for that honor from his congressional district which contains roughly a population of from two to three hundred thousand as nearly as the comparison can be made the four years course at the annapolis naval academy covers about the same ground that the british cadet covers in his two years at osborne the same period since the war somewhat reduced at dartmouth and his first year as a midshipman since the average age of entrance to osborne is about thirteen and a half and to annapolis about sixteen it is difficult to compare the entrance requirements or the courses as the british cadet has about two and a half years the start of the american in the matter of age it follows that the latter to reach an equality of training if not of rank at twenty must cover in four years the same ground which the former does in six and a half this i should say he comes pretty near to accomplishing the fact that the american navy was less than half the size of the british while the population from which officers could be drawn was more than twice that of the british isles made it possible for annapolis to insist on a mental and physical standard in its entrance calculated to make them equal to the very stiff years of work ahead of them the system of naming as alternative the boy who passed number two in the competitive entrance examination also made it possible to weed out and replace in the first year any cadet who began to lag behind his class 
not only was the book and classroom work at annapolis a good deal stiffer than in the corresponding years at osborne and dartmouth but the year was a longer one in point of work at osborne the cadets spent three terms of three months each with the other three months of the year divided into his easter summer and christmas holidays at annapolis there was something like nine months of work at the academy proper with the summer months spent in cruising on a training ship at the end of four years or at about the age of twenty the american cadet on passing the examinations received the rank of ensign corresponding to the british sub-lieutenant and began his sea career as an officer the british midshipman usually managed to qualify for his first stripe at a somewhat earlier age than his american cousin and this start tended to increase rather than decrease as he climbed the ladder of promotion speaking very roughly the british lieutenant appears to average two or three years younger than his american opposite the lieutenant commander three or four the commander three to five and the captain five to seven of the training of the cadets in the british and american naval institutions only the briefest comparison is possible here on the physical side there is very little difference both giving the greatest encouragement to outdoor exercise and bodily development each pays equal attention to aquatics rowing swimming and sailing and american football gives the annapolis cadet the same vigorous manly training as rugger does those of osborne and dartmouth baseball and cricket are more or less in the same class on the technical side there was also a good deal of similarity in the training though it seems probable that this specialization which is the principal differentiation between the british and american naval officer who is given an all-around preparation is being given more and more attention in the british schools as the necessity of turning out officers rapidly has increased during the war the fact that it is the British rather than the American officer who is trained as a specialist presents a curious anomaly, for generally speaking, the United States is, of all the nations in the world, the one where specialization is carried to the greatest length. Yet the fact remains that it has always been the American practice not only to train the naval cadet so that he is competent ultimately to perform the duties of any officer on any ship of the navy, but actually to require him to serve several years in each of such various capacities as engineer, navigator, gunnery, or torpedo officer. This system gives the officer who has been through the mill an incomparable experience by the time he attains his captaincy but the number of good men who might have made most excellent specialists who fell by the wayside because they were not able to stand the pace for qualifying for so great a range of duties makes one doubt if it is practicable for any nation situated otherwise than was the united states up to its entry into the present war that is with a huge population and a modest navy with the development of the modern man of war the increasing mastery of technical detail with such duties as those of torpedo or gunnery officer entail would seem to make it inevitable that such officers should not be required to divert their attention or energies to anything else this fact we may confidently expect to see reflected both in the training of the cadet at annapolis and in american naval practice before very long 
perhaps even during the war the fact that as was only natural the united states navy when it was formed during the revolutionary war was modeled on the only other navy of which the colonials had experience the british is responsible for many similarities in the forms and practices of the respective services today the gold sleeve or shoulder stripes indicating the rank of officers are practically identical save only that the american replace the british executive curl with a star the american marine even retains the silver half globe which is so characteristic a feature of the badge of the royal marine of the british navy in manning guns and even whole turrets with royal marines it would appear that the british navy has progressed rather further than has the american from the time when this anachronistic amphibian as someone has called him was carried principally to swarm over the rail with a cutlass when the old ships of the line closed in a death grapple in general multiferity of duties however there is little to choose between this always useful soldier and sailor too of either service the comparatively short term of service in the american navy was responsible for the fact that the yankee man-of-war's man was a good deal less of a jolly jack tar in appearance than his british cousin a difference which has been accentuated since america entered the war by the necessity of an even further dilution of landsmen the practice of allowing the american sailor to wear a sweater and toboggan cap except on dress occasions has also tended to make him smack less of the sea than the flowing collared sailor man who will be performing similar duties on a british ship since the fighting of the modern warship is about ninety per cent mechanical and ten per cent nautical however the lack of the yo heave ho touch in the yankee sailorman is by no means in his disfavour on the contrary indeed the very fact that he has only just come to sea may indicate that he has spent all the more time in mastering the intricacies of machinery and electricity and the other things which enter so much into the efficiency of the present-day fighting ship to quote my american naval friend again both navies have many things that are different in ships guns engines executive system victualling and each may feel a natural pride in its own things there is undoubtedly much in each navy the other can profit by but the united states navy is bearing in mind that everything new the british navy has to offer it has been tried and proved by long and hard experience while all the new things it is able to offer the british navy have only been put to peacetime tests but now that american ships are having practical experience that is being altered rapidly. End of section 1